0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pastor Isaac, and you are about to watch a sermon from our new series, Once Upon a Time. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus would always share what it's like to be a member of the Kingdom of God through what we know as parables. And uh, we want to be able to have these sermons be able to articulate the Gospel in a powerful way through the parables of Jesus. And we know every single week people from uh, the YouTube family or from our church family are being blessed by these sermons. And if uh, you're being blessed by this particular sermon, I encourage you, leave a comment, write something in the caption below. uh, Or also you could give financially to our church so that we could get these sermons out and be able to reach more people uh, for the glory of God. Uh, And you could do so on the link provided below. Thank you so much. God bless and enjoy the sermon. I pray that this sermon is awesome. Um, It's the start of this new series that we're in. This is our, our fall series. And it's going to be the uh, um, series that we're going to be studying in all of our life groups. Everybody uh, um, who signed up last Sunday and everybody that uh, uh, wants to be a part of a life group, you'll have that chance after service. Uh, There's a card in the seat back pocket in front of you that says life groups. If you want to sign up for one, get more information about them, they're right there on that card. And this is the series that we're going to be studying this fall. Uh, It's called Once Upon a Time. Four very comforting words, once upon a time. And what this series is going to be about, we're going to study the different parables of Jesus and how he was so smart, how he told stories, and he articulated the gospel in a way that we could understand it. And he related it to to, to different uh, um, things of nature and trees and and different parables is what he called them. And the first one that Jesus shared is uh, found in Matthew chapter 13. And uh, I'm going to start in verse... Let's start verse 3. Then Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, and we're going to start everyone with, Once upon a time, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered away because they had no root. Others fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still others fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times that was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. What it means to us this opportunity to have seed sown in our hearts. I pray, Father, that we'll be that, that good soil in Jesus' name amen and amen. The title of uh, this morning's sermon, I'm going to call it Attractive but Distractive. Anybody easily distracted in here? I, I mean, you guys, I, I, that's why I have the, the lights turned off sometimes, because you guys can distract me because you're so distracted while I'm preaching. And it frustrates me. So I, I remember, you know, it just just one person moving and everyone's head just turns to that person like a bunch of like, like ADD nine-year-old kids in church every single Sunday. But that's okay. I'm the same way. Uh, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm, I could be easily distracted. And, and I was trying to think of a, a great story to be able to open up with and open up this sermon with, and I couldn't think of one. Uh, and then this morning, I was sitting there preparing my sermon early in the morning. Uh, sun wasn't up yet. And I, I couldn't even study because there was a cricket in the office right next to me. And, and, and it just wouldn't stop. Anyone ever dealt with, with cricket distractions before? And you, you're trying to focus. I got important stuff to do, but I got this cricket in my mind. I got this cricket in my ear. I got this cricket just one after another. I can't focus on what God has called me to focus on. And I got this distraction in my heart. I had this other distraction. Sometimes people say things and, and, and what they said in the past lingers in your present and you let it affect you. The other night, uh, I was uh, watching one of my favorite movies with the kids. Uh, it was a movie I watched in the 1990s. And it's this movie called Shipwrecked. It's a kid's movie. And, and uh, I, I told Judah and Lily, I said, we're going to watch this movie. I watched it when I was your age and we start watching it. And, and then Judah turns to me and said, Daddy, they had movies in color when you were a kid? And I I couldn't believe it. Could, you can't make this stuff up, that my son would say that to me, distracting me. Do I really look that old? Am I really getting that old? It's distracting. Say with me, attractive, but distractive. I wrote a a few things down that that would fit in that category. I wrote, that relationship with a person you know isn't from God, you're not in a good place, you're in recovery, and that other person's life vision is so different than yours, you know it's not God's will, but they're attractive, but distractive. It's Tuesday morning, and you know you're supposed to be at the gym, but your back's a little stiff this morning, I'm going to be late anyway, and there's always tomorrow, and that bed looks so attractive, it's attractive, but that's right, that peanut butter double chocolate cream puff with whipped cream and a cherry on top looks so attractive, and I just want to take one bite, but you know where one bite leads. It's attractive, but so... That's right. I've been married 20 years, and it just doesn't feel like it used to, and they're not exciting me as much anymore, and you've been fighting, and that coworker seems so sweet, and they make you laugh and compliment you, and now they're inviting you out to lunch, but we're just friends. It's attractive, but... That's right. That job opening finally comes and it's exciting, but it means that you won't be able to see your family as much. But it's more money, but no more family days, no more Sundays at church. It's attractive, but so many times the reason that we can't move forward in God's will is because we're so distracted by so many things. Jesus, what I admire about him is he is so focused and he realizes that, that there is an enemy of our soul that wants to try and distract us from what God has called us to do. And we could be so easily distracted. I mean, I mean, like I said, even in, in church, I look at you guys, you know, on your phones and, and talking up in the balcony and, and about the Mets debacle this past Sunday and there's phones that go off all the time. In, I mean, it, did that... I mean, how can I even preach with all these distractions? That's what Satan wants to do to you every morning. And, and it's, not the, it's not the evil things that are distractions. What about the attractive distractions? What about the distractions that are good? It's a—it's it, it, hard. I mean, just, just being a, a, a parent, you understand, and, and being someone who, who, who you're busy, you're working, and, and it, I'm not distracted by bad things. I'm distracted by good things, and and, and it's fr- Friday, and I have to be able to write this sermon, but my, my kids are coming to me saying they want to play Candyland, but I can't play Candyland right now because i got to write this sermon, and then somebody from the church calls me, and it's an emergency, and I have to get there now, but I have my check engine light just went off in my car, and this insurance company won't cover this claim. I'm just like so distracted and, and it's, it's interesting. I looked up the word distraction and the first thing that came up was this picture. I couldn't believe what it was. It was a picture of what, how they came up with the word distraction and it was actually a way that they would execute people in medieval times where they would take a person and they would tie a rope on their legs and on their arms and they would pull them in all different directions and it was called death by death. Distraction. And some of you, you are going through death by distraction. Your purpose is being destroyed. Your family is being destroyed. Your marriage is being destroyed. Your calling is being destroyed because of distractions. Death by distraction. So I think the best place for us to have an understanding of how to handle these distractions is go to somebody who was the most focused man who ever lived. His name was Jesus. He was so focused on what God called him to do that he couldn't be distracted by by anything. And he tells this story, this parable, this once upon a time of, 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 of what I think represents distractions in our life. And he tells this story about this sower who's sowing seed, and, and, and he sows seed uh, in, 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 in one place, but the birds come and snatch it away, and then he sows it in another place, and, and the sun burns it up, and then he th- sows some by thorns, and the thorns eat it up, and then the disciples are like us. They're, they're, they're kind of like slow, right? So w- what are you talking about, Jesus? And Jesus then starts to break it down to them. This is what he says, verse 18. He says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that is sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, it lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. They're shallow. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth chokes the word, making it unfruitful. But then there's some seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm good soil. Because that's what we we all think we're that person, right? I'm, I'm number four. I'm good ground, baby. But a lot of times, we're all four. I, I used to think that this was about four different people, but I realized that all these, these examples are a story of the condition of my heart at four different times in a given day, a given week, given month. Because I, I, I could be good soil in one moment, but then by the afternoon, I'm rocky, and I'm letting the worries choke away what God sowed in my heart in the morning. And, and, and by the, the, the evening, I'm suddenly not allowing it to take root because I'm feeling shallow and uncommitted. And, and so the, the first distraction that I want to talk about uh, is, is, number one, when the seed gets sown, it gets snatched away. Say snatched. Snatched. Anyone ever had something snatched right out of their hand? I mean, before... You could even write it in your notebook. It gets snatched away. Didn't even see it coming. And it's snatched. There you go, Sandy. Sorry. It's all right. We'll work on that after service. I, I mean, that, that, that's you. Say, that's me. I mean, you hear a word. And, and you know what? You know what's amazing? A lot of times we blame the reason why we don't produce because we, we don't think we're getting good seeds sown in our, in our hearts The seed is good. At this church, the seed is great. Do I hear an amen? Even if you don't believe it, clap your hands and say amen. I need encouragement, church. I mean, the seed is, it's good seed. But it gets snatched away before you can even remember it, before you can even write it in your notebook. All of a sudden, your phone goes off. All of a sudden, your spouse is hitting you. You know, where do you want to go for lunch? And, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, you're, you're checking fantasy football. Oh my gosh, so-and-so is injured. I, I mean, all of a sudden, what, what did Pastor Isaac say? That felt like a great sermon, but I don't remember anything about it. I think it's hysterical when somebody tells me, man, that was such a great sermon, Pastor Isaac. I really felt it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, what was the, something that, that really spoke to you the most. And they're like, it was that scripture about, uh, uh, about, you know, you you know the sermon, Pat. I'm like, yeah, I know the sermon. Do you know the sermon? I didn't preach the sermon for myself. I already studied it all week. It was for you. But it got snatched away. After service, just, just try this. It will blow the devil's mind because you've probably never even done it before. When you, after service, you turn your spouse, where do you want to go for lunch? Instead, say, when you, when, when you get, get to lunch, don't fast. It's okay. Go to lunch. Lunch is good. love lunch. But just, just to say, what, what did you feel God was speaking to you today? And just have a conversation. Write it down. Re-listen to parts of it. Let it soak in. The devil wants to snatch it away before it ever has a chance to grow. That bird. I, I, when I when I think of birds, I think of I think of Twitter birds. I think of, I, I think of the birds on our phone. That all of a sudden we, we don't even let the word get sunk in. It gets snatched away by social media. It gets snatched away by by an argument. It gets snatched away by a, a dirty look that we think somebody gave us. It gets snatched away, and you don't even remember the seed that was sown in your thirsty heart. This is how the enemy w- wants to operate: to steal, kill, and destroy. The seed is good, but you don't even let it take root. You don't even know the potential that that seed has because you never let it take root. Say I love technology. It has made our lives lives insignificantly efficient. <laughs> Cell phones have made us the most informed and unreliable people in the in human history. Snatched. Your wife will love you so much better If you took a sabbatical from your phone for just a little while, your life would be so much more fruitful, if you know what I'm saying. Obviously, you don't. But I do. Snatched. Going on Netflix to to have a date night, and you don't even find a movie to watch because you just... Cycling through movies, do you want to watch this? Do you want to watch that? Date and I just got snatched away. How much of your life gets snatched away? How many great moments get snatched away? How many great times you can have with your family, with your friends in worship with God, but it gets snatched away by frivolous, stupid things on our phone that bother us all day long. And that leads me to point number two. And and if it doesn't get snatched, then it gets scorched. Say scorched. It gets it, it gets planted, it starts to grow. But because it has no root, when the sun comes out, it burns it up in a second. Shallow. This is for people who are busy but barren. You texted 50 people and said nothing. You you, you talked to a plethora of people and you you literally talked about nothing for, for three hours. You, you literally, all the conversations that you have are just about how it's this other person's fault and, and how, what this person needs to get straight in their life. And, and everything that you do, everything that comes out of your mouth is shallow. You, you have no root system. You're busy yet barren. So many people, I'm so busy, but you're not fruitful. You're, you're just busy doing just unfruitful things all day long. And, and you're, you're, you're busy and tired and you're worn out and, and you don't even have fruit for what you've been wearily trying to do all week. Busy and barren. You wonder why you never bear fruit in your life is because you have no root system. You're shallow. Roots means commitment. What you are really focused on and the reason you are so easily distracted is because you are so uncommitted. Oh, you didn't hear me. The reason you are so easily distracted is because you are so uncommitted. If you are somebody who is easily distracted, you know what that tells me about you? Is you have no root system. You, you, you have no substance to you. You, you, you. you receive it with joy. The Bible says that, that they receive it with joy, with a smile. Yeah, you can count on me. I'm there. But once the sun comes out, once hard times come, that seed will vanish. That, that plant will disappear and be scorched because there's no roots. There's no depth to you. In order to go higher, you have to go deeper. And you, you wonder why you can't bear fruit because you're not committed. What are you committed to? We, we, we had goals at the beginning of this year, financial goals. Want to get out of debt. Then the first opportunity where you saw your friends out having a good time or going on vacation, and you know that that's not in your budget, you just said, you know what, I want to be like them. They look like they're having so much fun, so I'm going to just bypass this budget. I'm going to bypass what I was trying to save money for uh, because I want to have fun in the now. And all of a sudden, you, 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 you blew what you had planned for because you have no roots. You want to get in shape this year. I mean, you really, this is the year I'm going to get healthy. Anyone have that as a goal? Everybody, your hand should be, I mean, everybody wants to get healthy. But then you, you, you do so good. But then one person in the office has a birthday. You don't even know who they are. But, but I'll, I'll have two pieces, please. I don't want to be rude. Don't want to be rude. If you don't want to be rude, by saying no to something, then you are never going to go anywhere in life. You have to learn to say no to some things. You're not being disrespectful for saying no. I don't, I don't want to feel bad. They worked so hard on that cake, but that's okay. I'll, I'll write them a thank you card. I'll give them a birthday card. How about that? But no. You know, stub your toe. You, you're, you're out for six months. <laughs> <laughs> you know why you're not committed you you were never committed you like the idea of it but you don't want to dig deep <laughs> people that are laughing know what i'm talking i, I know i i feel you and, and i could just as easily talk about uncommitted church members <laughs> but now you you guys are here clap your hands you're here this morning you're committed <laughs> nobody knows that you haven't been here for the last seven weeks that's okay you're here today <laughs> for the people uh, watching on YouTube. <laughs> and I, I mean, one thing doesn't go perfect on Sunday morning and, oh, and, uh, uh, my, 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 my son woke up and he's a little cranky this morning. Doesn't look like it's going to be a good Sunday for us. Better stay home and watch Pastor Isaac on the YouTube. God knows. YouTube people, I'm talking to you. The reason we put these sermons online is for people that are sick, that are away, that, that physically can't get to church. This is for you. But if you're sitting in bed drinking a, a, a coffee mocha latte, shame. <laughs> I, I mean, you're just not committed. That's, that's the bottom line. You're not committed. You're not, you, you don't have a root system. But the people that are committed, man, man, you know, come hell, I'm I'm gonna be there. I'm committed to something. I'm focused on something. I'm gonna let this seed get in my spirit. I'm gonna grow with it. I'm not just here to go through the motions. I'm here to make my life better. I'm here to grow. I'm here to get further. I'm here to get a word from the Lord. That means I have roots. I'm not gonna let. And that's why those people are able to go through the storms without wavering. They're able to get through the heat of the battles without stopping is because they let the seed go down deep they're committed and that's the kind of pastor I want to be that's the kind of father that I want to be my kids are going to follow me they watch me they see the patterns that I live in life and if they see an uncommitted parent guess how they're going to be they're going to be uncommitted kids come on now they're watching us and we got to change this world and we're going to only be able to do that by being focused and committed not just so up and down in life, and, and that's what happened. It got scorched. And then, number three, and finally, say it's about time. Don't say that. Don't say that. That's mean to your pastor. Number three, number one, got snatched. Number two, got scorched. Number three, got choked. That's right. You guys are so smart. I love this first service. You guys are on it. It says, verse 22. Some seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. It doesn't say the responsibilities of this life. It doesn't even say that. It says, but the worries of this life, the, the thing that might happen, probably won't happen, but, but it might, so I'm going to let that distract me from the word, from the calling, from the responsibility that I have in my life, I'm gonna be distracted by the worries that I face on a day-to-day basis. I love the way Joyce Meyer put it. Joyce Meyer said, worry, I'll try and say it like Joyce, worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. (laughs) I say, I like that. So many people, you're worrying about everything and praying about nothing. I mean, that. See, our, 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 our enemy is so smart because all he has to do, he just has to make you think that something may happen. It probably won't, and it'll ruin your day, and it'll ruin your mood, and it'll get you so unfocused on what you have to do today as a husband, as a father, as a wife, as a woman or, or man of God, and, and all of a sudden you can't think about what you've been called to do because this might happen one day. And it won't even happen. I i, I read this. It was a, a bar in a poll. Uh, it said that forty uh, percent of your worries will never happen. Thirty are from the past and you can't change them. Twelve percent of worries are about health concerns that aren't even true. Ten percent are about frivolous things that don't matter. Only eight percent of what you are worrying about is actually legitimate. Do you know when you walk out and you see a foggy day, you can't really see anything, right? The amount of water that is in the air on a foggy day can, can fit in a glass just like this. And that's what we do. The worries are so tiny, but to us, we can't even see through them because we're so consumed about what might happen. We lose our joy. We can't sleep. Some of you, you can't sleep, and you're not even worrying about anything important. You're worrying about why this person didn't respond to your text message or they didn't respond the way you wish they did or or maybe this business deal isn't going to happen because it got delayed one day and you're up all night worrying. Go to sleep. The Bible says we serve a God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. So before you go to sleep, pray to that God. So while you're sleeping, he's working on your behalf. Get some rest. not going to let these worries choke out the word that God has sown in my life, and if it's not the worries, then it talks about the deceitfulness of wealth, the weed of wealth, doesn't say wealth is evil, doesn't say money is evil, but the love of money, and the deceitfulness of wealth, wealth is so deceitful. How is it deceitful, Pastor Isaac? I'll tell you how. Because the world wants you to think that, and that's why they're so smart. They put these commercials and buy this and look how happy that dude is. He's driving away. Their family, their kids are so obedient in the back seat. If I get that, I'll be happy. If I could somehow get this, I'll be happy. If I get more, I'll be happy. And and you know what I realized is that wealth is so deceitful. I think P. Diddy said it perfectly. More money, more problems. If you think more money is going to make you sleep better, then you are dumb. <laughs> I mean, I've, I, I love the King of Pop. I love Michael Jackson. Worth $500 million, and he couldn't sleep a wink. The reason he died was, was, was he took something to try and help him sleep better. $500 million. I see broke people. They sleep great. Oh, if I just, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep so good. No, it's deceitful. It's deceitful. So many people, I, I want to tell you, it's not worth it. I, I've, I've, I've met people who have gone all over the country trying to find more, trying to get more stuff for their kids. Their kids don't need the stuff. The kids need you. Any of you, it's not worth it. That extra dollar figure is not worth it if it takes you away from your family, from your faith, from God's will. It's not worth it. It's a lie, it's a trick, and it'll destroy you. I've seen it happen, and you have too, but we always say, not me, not me. That is the curse word of a believer. I was counseling a a couple, and and they're want to get married and have a family one day, but going through some difficult times and uh, in that place where they want to wanna still have fun and go out and party and, and, and go out and get hammered with their friends, but then still have a committed relationship working towards marriage. And, and uh, I, I get that because I, I was there. I was in that place when I was young. And, and I remembered that there were some sacrifices that I had to make where I had to realize that life isn't about having fun, life is about being fruitful. And I'm an adult now, I don't get to just have fun, I, I, I get to be fruitful. And one thing I, I shared with them, the, 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 the thing that I pointed them to is if we could put the picture of my family up there. That's worth it. See. That right there is worth it. This is this is what I, I wrote down. It's it's you know important to me. It, it made me feel um, like you know I, I was doing something that God was was leading me to do that people need to hear because so often when you're when you're young you you, you don't realize what you're missing out on. That's what you're missing out on. And and you think that 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 this next fling is going to make it worth it, that this is going to make me feel better about myself, or, or if I get this certain job, then, then I'm going to feel better about myself. But the greatest gifts come in pictures like that, that I get to take my kids to piano lessons, that I get to take them to the boardwalk on the weekends. Is our family perfect By no means, you guys hear my heart every single week, but it is so worth it, every sacrifice that I made. Diamond and I were talking about it, some of the sacrifices that we had to make at an early age, some of the things that we had to say no to, some of the places that we had to say no to, but I look back on it now, and it was so worth it. It's not worth it to have a quick fix. It's not worth it just to have short-term pleasure, but long-term misery. Sometimes you gotta have short-term pain for long-term gain, and maybe you're in that place right now, where you have to say no to some things. You have to say no to some people, to some places. But that is what life is all about. Having a family that that trusts each other, that we don't have any secrets with each other. That is what it's all about. And Satan, more than anything, wants to snatch that from you, wants to snatch it from me. Because none of us are above it. And then it says, the, the final verse, it says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it and produces a crop 160, 30 fold. What is amazing is that all of the disciples heard that same message, but there was one, his name was Judas, that he was listening, but he wasn't hearing. He didn't allow it to go from his ears into his heart it got snatched away and some of you you're hearing this word and and satan wants to snatch it right from you when we leave here just just distract you and take that 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 seed out of your life that's been sown and scorch and and choke it out with the weeds but no i want to be focused this fall i want to hit the reset button in my life, in my family, in my faith, in my finances, in my fitness. I'm gonna hit the reset button and I'm gonna lock it in. I'm gonna get committed. I'm not gonna allow distractions to control me any longer. I'm gonna get refocused on what God has me to do. I got four months left in this year and these are gonna be the most fruitful four months of my year yet. And even if I don't see any fruit, I'm gonna go deep these next four months. I'm gonna get God's word inside my heart and I'm not gonna allow these distractions to destroy my destiny anymore. Distractions be gone. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for every single heart, every single family, every single man, every single woman, every single child. Lord, I pray, Father, that all of those distractions that come at us every single day, that that, that try and steal our joy, that try and snatch our peace away. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we will stay true, that we will keep our eyes fixated on you. You said in 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 Hebrews chapter 12, for the joy set before you, you endured the cross, scorning its shame and counting it all joy. Father, I pray that we will keep our eyes fixed on you, that we won't look to the left or to the right. We won't look back at at what we've gone through, the disappointments that we've had this past year, Lord God, but we are looking ahead, Father God, the same way that Paul says this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and pressing forward for the prize that is set before me, Father. I pray, Lord, that we will begin to produce in our life, Lord God, that we're going to see fruit in our marriage, Lord God, that we're going to draw closer to our spouses this, these next four months, Lord God. We're going to invest in our children, that we're going to say no to some things this fall, God, that you're going to be a priority in our life, that there's some, there's some things that we're going to have to weed out, that we're going to have to pull out these weeds, so that we can make room for you. So often we say, God, I want more of you. Fill me up, like we sang this morning. But the problem is, is we got weeds all in our, our life, everywhere. And God's like, I got no room. You got to rip them up. What weeds do you need to rip up this morning that have been occupying space in your heart? What worries do you need to rip up this morning? What, what, what deceitful lies do you need to rip out of your heart this morning. God, fill us up with you because we're pulling the weeds. We're doing some fall cleaning of our hearts this morning. Pull them out and fill us up in Jesus' name. Amen.